Welcome to the First Down Podcast. That was 30, 35, 40, still on the speed at a first down. Highly improbable. Hello, hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the First Down Podcast. My name is Aaron. Let's get right into this one today. Today, we'll be talking about the Jadavion Clowney situation going on, Patrick Mahomes' mega deal, and what this means for Jack and Chris Jones. Cam is going to the Patriots now, Antonio Brown's odds getting back into the NFL, Jamal Adams' trade options and where I think he is going, David Njoku's trade request, Mitchell Trubisky saying that he thinks he's still the quarterback for the Bears and that it's his team. And then we're going to end the episode with another trade that almost happened. All of that on this episode of the First Down Podcast. So Jadavion Clowney is in a sticky situation as a free agent this year. Maybe the biggest free agent in the NFL right now, now that Cam is on a team, Clowney is asking for somewhere in the range of 17 to 18 million a year. Now the way he has been playing in the NFL, his career is not leaning towards 17 to 18 million, more leaning towards a uh, 10 million a year contract, if that. So what a lot of teams are asking, and all of the teams that are even even talking to him, are looking at a 10 million one year prove it deal where he could maybe get in some incentive money and possibly make that much. But I think he really, really wants a long-term, five- to six-year, $20 million deal. And that's not going to happen right now from... Because you know who does make $20 million a year right now? Aaron Donald. So if you're comparing yourself right now to the best defensive player in the league, especially on the defensive line then you better put up the stats that can also back that up. And Jadavion Clowney has not been doing that lately. So it looks like, I think, by training camp, he's going to be signing with a team, most likely the Cleveland Browns for a one-year deal, uh, for a prove-it deal, and hopefully he makes it and does a great job on that team. And then he can get $18 million like he wants to. Right now on the Browns, they fixed up Olivier Vernon's deal, so it looks like they could possibly give him $18 million for a few years before something happens. But as of right now, um, he, there's no nobody in the league who wants to pay him $18 million right off the bat. Now let's talk about the new story that not only broke the NFL headlines, not only the sports headlines, but the national news headlines. Patrick Mahomes is signing a 10-year, over $500 million extension, making him the highest-paid NFL player to ever live, and making him the highest-paid athlete in the world, in the history of the world. This is insane on so many different levels. I find it ironic that many people were saying he should play baseball because they think he's going to be a bust in the football world. That's what a lot of people are saying. And now he's making baseball money in the NFL. That's just crazy to me. Cliff Kingsbury, the coach who coaches the Arizona Cardinals right now, when he was coaching the Texans in 2018, he said when his contract comes up, he will be the highest paid quarterback 
in the league, and this is before he even gets drafted, or maybe when he just got drafted, so this is just out of the blue, and Cliff Kingsbury was actually right about that one. So this is a, a surprising deal that I don't think anybody was expecting at the time. He still had two years left on his contract, making this a 12-year deal now at this point. Now, whether or not this deal is going to stay the same is up for debate right now because right now this team is just about stripped for cash, so I'm assuming this is almost entirely backloaded, if not only backloaded, because they have so many players on this team. My only guess is that Patrick Mahomes is making around $10 million to $12 million for the next few years, and I'm guessing the uh, higher-ups on the Chiefs are saying, hey, hear me out. Let's let's have you make $12 million for the next two years where you have a lot of players to pay. We're going to pay all of these players, and then in a little bit after all these players leave and we're rebuilding and we have a lot of people we're drafting, then we'll give you the $45 million a year that you really deserve. So right now... This team is absolutely stripped for cash. I was not anticipating them doing this based on that. Their salary cap looks like it was down about $14.37. So, because they have to pay all of these people. Now, Travis Kelsey is going to be up for contract in a few years. Who knows if they can pay him. And they have Tyron Matthew. Who knows if they can pay him in a few seasons or whether or not. Tyree Kill just signed a three-year extension or four-year extension. And who knows how much he's going to be making if he plays the way he does at the end of that contract. He's going to want to make some absolute killer money that's going to just absolutely destroy this salary cap for them. And then Chris Jones that we have uh, that we've heard in the headlines lately asking for twenty million a year or he wants to be traded. So um, at least a few of these guys are going to be leaving town in a few years and they're going to have to rebuild. So. You might as well just have him be paid when they're trying to rebuild that team. So this is this is a massive contract and a long contract. This does not happen in the, in the NFL. You could very rarely see this happen because of the nature of the game, injuries and stuff like that. There are few players that I would do this with, especially in the nature of the way that players can get injured like I think Lamar Jackson is going to be up for contract in a few years and a lot of people are saying will will Lamar Jackson be getting the same contract and easy answer right there no he will not be the way he plays he could be injured multiple times a season and if he keeps getting injured and then he's gonna have to change his game who knows if he's going to be deadly just as a passer we know he can pass, but the the really threat about Lamar Jackson is that he can run and pass. So you never know what he's going to do. So hopefully we can see him getting a four- to five-year contract. If you're a Ravens fan, that's what you're hoping for right now, going into that contract. But you're looking at that contract thinking, or Lamar is, can I be making that much? Can I have this long of a contract? Who knows if that's going to be happening, but the length of this contract, to put in perspective for you, is 12 years. And in 12 years, he's going to be, or Patrick Mahomes will be 36 years old. You know who's 36 years old right now? Aaron Rodgers. So they are going to be tied to a contract until 
he is Aaron Rodgers' age. That is absolutely insane to me. So three years ago, this was this is the craziest thing ever. He looked like a major project, and a lot of people were saying he was a bust. Now, in his NFL comparison then, sorry, was Jay Cutler going out of college. was Jay Cutler, and you don't really want Jay Cutler to be your project that that's you're going to be working up to for the next 15 years of your team. That's what you want. Three years later, coming out of that, he's an NFL MVP, Super Bowl winner, and he's a Super Bowl MVP and another highest paid athlete of all time. So what a absolute change from a few years ago. So out of all of the coaches that you want to have this happen to on your team with this major contract is probably Andy Reid and maybe Bill Belichick because Andy Reid is just an amazing coach who can turn practice squad players into absolute amazing players or late-round picks that can turn them into amazing players. Nicole Hardman, a wide receiver they had last season, he was a nobody at the beginning of the season. By the end of the season, he was a major part of the passing offense at number three, but he was a dominant number three. Now they're known as the Legion of Zoom because of how fast he is, how fast Tyreek Hill is, Sammy Watkins, all of these guys, they're just speedy fast. So he is definitely part of that. He is almost as fast as Tyreek Hill and would probably be fastest on most teams if and would be the fastest if Tyreek Hill wasn't on the team. So this is going to change a lot of things for Chris Jones because I doubt that they're going to be signing Chris Jones to a multiple-year contract, especially if he wants $20 million a year. And honestly, I don't blame him for wanting $20 million a year. He's probably the number two best D-tackle in the league. I can't think of another one who's better than him, besides Aaron Donald, of course. So the bets is that Chris Jones is going to be making $20 million on another team, but I doubt it's going to be the Chiefs. I don't think they can afford him with all of the players they have on their team and how much money they have in cap space and how many players are going to be trying to get in a few years. I doubt they're going to want to try signing this due to a major contract, so... Hopefully they get a few picks out of them, and then instead of those $20 million they have to spend on Chris Jones, they can try getting some players that could help the team out, and worst-case scenario, they just add depth to the team. So that's what you're going to be hoping for with that. So right now we have the bigger thing that's going to be going on for contracts with the Dak Prescott deal. Now, Dak Prescott is just laughing hysterically right now because he turned down a $31, $32 million contract a few days ago, and now the market value highest paid quarterback is $45 million to $50 million a year. So you don't think that he's going to be asking for $40 to $45 million a year? That is absolutely insane. I don't even think he is worth $25 million a year the way he plays. And... The situation going on with the Cowboys locker room, I wouldn't give him any money at all because this team is about to turn into the Los Angeles Rams. They have so many players they have to pay on this team that if they have to pay $35 million to Dak, that is going to cripple this team and they're going to have to ditch everybody so they can keep Dak on this team. And as Dak is one of those players that they kind of surround with with uh, talent, as you can see on their team, so that he can be elevated. You don't want to do 
they, they, you don't want to pay $35 million to a player you elevate. So here is my thinking. He says he's going to hold out if he doesn't get paid the money he wants. If that happens, who's the quarterback who's going to be playing for him? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a player who's making $7 million, so that means there's $28 million to spare if he was the quarterback of the future. So if he's the quarterback who can play and he plays well, why don't they just keep him? The The thing about Andy Dalton is he was actually half-decent on the Bengals, so if you kind of surround him with a crap ton of talent like they have on their team right now, I think they could succeed and even make it to the playoffs. And with that $28 million to spare, they can re-sign the players on their team and maybe get a few free agents on their team to elevate them to not only a playoff team, but a Super Bowl caliber team. Because we know Andy Dalton can take a Bengals team to the playoffs. You know how bad the Bengals is? The Bengals have not won a playoff game since before Patrick Mahomes was even born. So you know that they are not good. But Andy Dalton somehow tried succeeding and almost succeeded winning a playoff game if it wasn't for Fontaz Perfect. So if I believe that Andy Dalton could be the system quarterback that works out with them. Um and if that happens, then they can trade away Dak for to another team next season who that really needs a quarterback. But yet right now, if you were trying to trade Dak away, I doubt you could get much of anything for him. You saw Cam Newton getting traded or signed, sorry, for pennies to the dollar. I mean, he signed a $1 million contract based solely on its incentives. So he's getting paid less than even Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is making more than Cam Newton, who was once a MVP winning quarterback who was making it to the Super Bowl on a 15-1 and team. So th that's absolutely absurd. So here, here's a thing I can actually assume that's going to happen on the Cowboys is that if you have these this $28 million to spare on that team, could you see them trading for Jamal Adams? That's one of the teams that Jamal Adams was looking at we can maybe see this happening, and then he signs a deal, and then they have a major um, players in the backfield, and then they have a way more dominant defense. That means that the offense doesn't have to play as good, which means Andy Dalton doesn't have to try as hard to win every single game, and it's easier for him. So then all of this means that this is just a better situation for them if they're not paying all this money because they have all this talent they wouldn't have had because here's the deal. They cannot try signing a player like Jamal Adams if Dak Prescott signed this deal because it'll cripple the team. They're going to be trying to get rid of multiple players on the team they have now. So the talent they have now is peaked right now if they sign this deal, but it can get even higher if they try doing a quarterback like Andy Dalton. Because I know for a fact that Andy Dalton would take a pay cut. He's in his hometown of Texas. He is where he wants to be with his family, and he's happy right now. So you can assume that Andy Dalton would love to chase a ring at the end of his career.
It only makes sense. Next up, we have the first of many of this podcast, a correct prediction by me. I said one of two things were going to happen. Patriots would tank, or the Patriots would sign Cam Newton or another quarterback immediately. This is amazing by Bill Belichick right here. Cam Newton signs a $1 million deal that could be up to $7 million in incentives if he absolutely balls out this season. So this is a win-win situation right here on their team. Um, if It's a win. If they don't do good at the Cam and they just lose most of their games, they go 9-7 and seven and then they trade up for the number one overall pick and they get Trevor Lawrence. Or, here's the deal, they could go to the playoffs and maybe win another Super Bowl without Tom Brady, and then they have quarterback for the next few years in another Super Bowl ring. So, this is just the best situation for them right now, especially with a quarterback that's making next to nothing, so they can get more talent around this team. Now, here we are, back asking the same old question. Will Antonio Brown be playing for a team in the 2020 season? We have seen videos of AB running routes with Russell Wilson. We have heard from pretty much everyone the Seahawks locker room could handle AB. And we have heard AB and Russell Wilson talking about how they want him in Seattle. We have heard Pete Carroll open to the idea. So why isn't this happening, and why isn't he even on the team yet before training camp? This is the perfect time to sign him. Well, Antonio Brown may have a suspension coming up on him. If he does come back after these allegations of sexual assault, if the allegations are true, not only would all the NFL teams not associate with him, he would be suspended for a while and probably never play for the NFL again, kind of like a Ray Rice situation. But he's not going to be suspended until a team tries signing him. So an investigation will start when he gets signed. But if he doesn't get signed, there's no investigation. So it's a sticky situation where you're going to try signing a player and then nothing's going to happen. So you don't really know what's going to happen to that. Um, hopefully he gets cleared up and those allegations are false. So then he can play on an NFL team and nothing's bad is going on there. So that would just be a perfect situation for the, for the Seahawks. They have three great wide receivers then with Antonio Brown, uh, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. The amount of speed on that team. That is a Super Bowl caliber team right there because I believe that they could have possibly beat the 49ers if they would have gone and played them in, instead of the Packers. I think there's a small possibility that they could have won that game and made it to the Super Bowl. They almost won both times with the in the division with them, both of them coming down to the wire. So you could, you don't think they could have won the third one there? So, if they had another wide receiver, I do believe they would have won that Packer game, and I do believe they would have made it to the Super Bowl. And if they, in the 49ers, almost beat uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you don't believe that a little bit better of a team could have beat them in that game. So, if they have three wide receivers that season, 
I think they do. So if they had all three wide receivers, I believe they would have won the Super Bowl, just with one more wide receiver at the caliber of Antonio Brown. So don't be surprised if they get him, and don't be surprised if they make it to a Super Bowl and they win that Super Bowl for a second ring for Russell Wilson. And hopefully that time they can run the football. So next up we have Jamal Adams, who still has not been traded after requesting a trade a few weeks ago. Um, he only had a few teams he really wanted to go to, uh, and all of those teams have cap issues that they have to deal with right now, the salary cap, and all of those teams are good teams. So the odds of a lot of those teams are slim to none. So like the Chiefs, I don't believe that's going to happen, and a few other teams like that, but... Like I talked about earlier, that team I do believe that he's going to be talking to are the Dallas Cowboys. I think that is the most likely team at this time. I mean, the Cowboys would be favorites to be the best defense in the league if they had him on their team. And I think that is a legion of boom level of defense right there. I think Byron Jones has a hole on the defense that he left. And if they have a Jamal Adams, then perfect. Now they have that hole fixed up and now they are just back to if not a better defense now the player on offense that is now requesting a trade the tight end from the cleveland browns david njoku so this is the player that is way better than the stats show he's been beat down by injuries and a bad coach team so the, he's he's uh, he has great hands and he even if sometimes he drops a few balls, I believe he can become one of the top five best tight ends in the league. I think he's kind of an O.J. Howard level of tight end where he's almost a Pro Bowl level tight end, but not just there yet. But if he was put around a good system, he could be one of the best tight ends in the league. So I, I think he's going to be traded for a few picks here to either New England Patriots, the Green Bay Packers. But the Cleveland Browns said they're not interested in trading him, and if I were the Cleveland Browns, I would not be either. Uh, David Njoku, they know, is a good talent, and if they can just hold on to him for another season, they can either get more for a trade with him, and he can be worth more, or they can actually have another weapon here for the next few seasons for Baker, so then Baker can have a layoff point with a tight end and just another set of hands that he can throw to is just a great idea, especially for a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who has a tendency to uh, think too quickly and throw a few picks. So if they can do that for him, then they have a, uh, a great offense that Kevin Stefanski can work around here. Next up, we have Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback of the Bears, thinking that this is still his team. That's what he says. I think the Browns, or I think the Bears are still my team. That's what he says. So, this is, in fact, completely false. They traded for Nick Foles, a quarterback who signed a massive deal with the Jaguars last season, and then the Jaguars had him get injured, and then they had Gardner Minshew come in, and then Minshew Mania happens, and then now he's gone. So now they take over his massive contract. So here is what's probably going to happen. He's the quarterback of the future, Nick Foles is. They say they're 
going to have a quarterback battle in the preseason and offseason. And I think Nick Foles is a better quarterback. I think he's going to win that. I think he has better decision-making, and I think he has better accuracy. So if Nick Foles is the quarterback of the future and they have another season here with Mitchell Trubisky, you know what I think is going to happen? Kind of the same situation that's going on with the Saints. I think he's going to turn into a Taysom Hill 2.0. Let's think about this here. In 2018, Mitchell Trubisky rushed for 500 yards and a few touchdowns. That's when he was as the starting quarterback. So obviously, as a starting quarterback, you don't want your quarterback constantly running around if you're smart because you don't want him to get injured. And then if he gets injured, then he is going to be down and you have to play with your back quarterback, and that's never a good situation to have. So... And this was made evident by Matt Nagy saying that he needed to work on passing instead of running more. And that was because he had a tendency to run very quickly. And that's a tendency that he's had since college. So if they can just put him at Wildcat, then he's not going to have to worry about passing the ball. And then they can put him in every few plays and he can still pass the ball decently. So I think he's put in a good situation where he can be put in multiple um, positions and play actually really well here for them. So then they have uh, three running back by committee then as a Wildcat, Mitchell Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, and they have Montgomery there who can all play extremely well. Now to end this episode, I have yet another crazy potential trade, crazier than the last one with Russell Wilson for you guys today. This one comes from Peter Schrager, our source, from Fox Sports. For this trade, we have to go all the way back to the 2015 draft. If you remember, the first two picks looked like it was going to be Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Which one would be the success, and then which one would be the next Ryan Leaf? Well, most thought that Winston was going to be the first overall pick to the Bucks, and the Bucks made this pretty clear for them. So, um... It was looking like that he was going to the Bucks, and then Marcus Mariota was going to be going to the Titans. But that almost didn't happen. He almost did not go to the... Or Marcus Mariota almost did not go to the Titans. The deal came like this. So, if you remember correctly, in 2016, Carson Wentz was drafted as the quarterback for the future with Doug Peterson at the court, at the head coaching helm. But in 2015, Chip Kelly was still the coach. And if you remember, Chip Kelly is a massive fan of anything and anyone from Oregon. So he offers up the the biggest trade in maybe NFL history since the Herschel Walker trade. So this I'm just going to lay this trade out for you really quick here, and then I can tell you what I think about this trade. So at the time, Sam Bradford was the quarterback for this team, so they knew he wasn't going to be the quarterback for the future. So here is what they offered him. They offered a 2015 first-round pick and second-round pick, a 2016 first-round pick, Sam Bradford and Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox being a Pro Bowl-level D-tackle. That is a staggering amount of talent right there. Now, the players that the Eagles use on these picks are as follows. Nelson Aguilar, the receiver, and Eric Rowe, the corner. 
Eric Rowe's a decent corner, and then Nelson Aguilar, everyone knows, is the wide receiver with not the best hands in the world. And then in 2016, they traded their uh, pick for um, a higher pick, which they used it to get Wentz. So make of that what you will. So this this is a trade with two seven morons here. They have the coaching staff with the Titans and the morons with the coaching staff in the locker room of the Eagles. So which one do I think loses this trade? I think the Titans are the bigger morons in this trade. Looking back, hindsight's 2020, and we all know that Marcus Mariota was not the quarterback of the future. But looking back at it, would you rather have a few really, really good players and three picks that you could use and hopefully get some better talent? I mean, 2015 wasn't the best year for talent at uh, for anything. I think the only real good player after in the first round at least, after Nelson Aguilar was Byron Jones, the corner who went to the Cowboys and is now on the Dolphins. So they could have had him on their team, which would be a great addition right now, especially now that Logan Ryan is on their team. They wouldn't even have to worry about having Logan Ryan even come on their team. So this team would be much better off if they would have done this trade right now. But I think both teams would have been better off if they would have done this trade it's just it it's a it's a horrible situation for them and but you know what now that this is all not or this has all happened and stuff i both teams are playoff caliber teams and they're both looking at a run for the super bowl next season so hopefully we can see uh these teams moving on and not taking too much crap from this trade but who knows Thank you guys so much for listening today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you know whenever I post an episode, it'll notify you and it'll be all fine and dandy. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast and hope you guys have a great rest of your day. See you in the next episode.